it's I, man. One wings we talk to each other. <laughs> oh, I, I'm done. You had no that. other yeah. lyrics for that? I, no, I, I literally, yeah. Uh, I had uh, it's man. One week. Right. It's man. One week, and then I just I lost it all. Sorry. You should have tried like uh, somebody once told me this podcast really blows. blows. Yeah, I'm glad we got <laughs> the same place at the same and time. And I. <laughs> Uh, again, yeah, really blows. And then I just lost that again. That was all so. we had. Was, this yeah. is the 50th episode of this dumb shit, by the way. Oh. <laughs> the, the stuff that we just did happened 50 times. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Have you, fucking brilliant. Go back and listen to our first podcast and then tell us this shit's <laughs> not like a thousand percent better. That's true. That's true. We've made it. We've evolved. <laughs> and we're, we, we, we started off as, uh, I don't know, just a ragtag, couple of douchebags, and now it's we're artists, basically. We're just, what we do is art. I don't like We're less that ragtaggy, one. still douchebaggy. That's the new, that's the new <laughs> fucking website slogan right there. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know, this is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Podcast. All right. Did you did I ever tell you about uh, the uh, music American music history class I took when I was in college? It sounds like money well spent. No, you didn't tell me. About yeah, that. no. So when I went back to school at the University of Minnesota, I took a history of uh, pop music class, mostly because I needed credits in order to graduate yeah. in like a year and a half. Okay. Uh, the U of M had this ridiculous requirement that I had, I had literally like 160 credits when I came into the school, but they need, like, I need a certain number of credits. So I took this like ridiculous class, uh, that was American history, like basically the, the music, American history, or history of American pop music, okay. starting with the Beatles, <laughs> that classic American band. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then going through like, this is, well, this is 2000. Uh, when I graduated, um, but basically there was a there's a Bowie section, which w- okay. we're listening to this really another classic American this artist, really weird Bowie, you know. But it was, it was mostly the history of pop music. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, we we get, when we got to and that was fine, whatever. They the teacher did not talk about any sort of black pop artists at all for a long time, which That's was weird. So we got to Michael Jackson and Madonna and. Um, but I remember, like, the very specifically, the uh, we were in, and so this was uh, it was a lecture. It was like a two day a week lecture, and then we had a a, uh, a lab basically where we talked about you know the stuff and did some more sort of like group work and things like that. And we got to Madonna, and it was they were talking about the Like a Prayer video. I don't know if you remember the Like a Prayer video. I do it's, not. It's it's, it's 
it's black Jesus and there's a, a black co- like a black choir and it's it's an amazing video. It's an amazing song. It sounds offensive, but and keep going. no, 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 it was it's, it was it was it was really it was really controversial at the time when it came out. Like I remember this video, like when I was when I was young, younger, and uh, and there was this fucking little and it was mostly like freshmen taking this class, right? And I'm twenty two. No, I was no at this time I was like 24, 25. 25 years old taking this class and this little pissant 17 year old who was actually uh, a PSEO student so he was not he was oh, not he even wasn't in even college real, yeah. this little 17 year old piss like you know pissant kid just being like I don't get why the Jesus was black and I'm like you motherfucker see he, he, he doesn't sound well traveled which God bless the kid. He's no, 17. I mean, he was taking a class at the U, but yeah, probably not. Probably not. Anyways. I, I've always thought the lily white Jesus was kind of a really remarkable, like, I, how, how hard did we have to lie to ourselves until we believed that? Like, it's kind of wild and ridiculous to me. People keep doing it. So. I know. It's people not, have, it's have not, ridiculous you have to hide, You don't have to lie that hard to yourself because people keep doing it. Anyways, it was. A, it's an amazing video. If you've not seen Google or YouTube like a prayer by Madonna. Watch that video right now. Stop this podcast. Watch that video. You'll understand. It's an amazing video. It's and it's. I mean, again, granted, it was like from the like late '80s, early '90s. So it's yeah. not a. It's not the best quality. It probably doesn't hold up all that well. But for the time, for what it's trying to say, it's amazing. Anyway, so J- Jesus probably looked mostly like Osama bin Laden. Probably, <laughs> Jesus is probably Osama bin Laden. Okay, I didn't take it there. <laughs> a, a second consecutive week with extremely controversial uh, comments. Yeah, from Zelda. no, no, no. People but didn't come here to hear a Jesus no, they did, comments. No, God, they came no, here they to hear soccer. Not. Yeah. So uh, we should talk about soccer before they really hey. do turn off the podcast. Yeah. All right. So um, as we always do, we're gonna open up. We're gonna talk about the game that happened. We're gonna look backward against uh, at our game against Orlando City. Uh, we're gonna interrupt with a little bit of United news. Cover what's going on off the pitch. Then we're gonna dive into the game. Did we shake it up? Or are we gonna talk about something else? For we're, we, we have a we have a special feature that's special coming feature. up. Yeah, okay. we're, we're not we're gonna we're gonna tease it out right now. So stay att- uh, stay paying attention. Um, we have <laughs> a new feature that's gonna be a, a hopefully a, a regular or semi regular feature on the on the podcast coming up. So. Okay. So we got we got news. We got a new special feature that we're gonna blow up here, and then we're gonna talk about the game coming up. Our home opener against Chicago. We'll talk tactically about what to expect. Absolutely. Who sucks and who's good, and then we'll break down some score predictions, both from last week and then the ones to come. Does that sound all right? Sounds good to me, man. So Let's go. Pack fucking agenda. Let's all do right. it. So as we always do, I'm gonna open it up and I'm gonna ask you best moment of the game what? against uh, who was it? Orlando City SC. <laughs> that team, yeah. Yeah. What was your best moment? Uh, of the game? I'm just gonna point out that I correctly predicted a two-one win. By the way. Last week. I'm, we'll I'm glad you're later, right. So. I, you know, I'll eat crow. I'm glad. <laughs> um, for me, the best moment of the game was clearly the second goal of the match. Uh, it was entering the final minutes. Um, that touch from Toy was brilliant. Created that space for Miguel Ibarra, who made a run into the box, and he served up a perfect cross across two defenders to find Finlay, who was just sitting there and just poked it into the net. So that was, for me, that was the best moment of the game. I was standing around. I just started jumping up and down. I had no idea just what to do with it, myself. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the best feeling is when you you don't know how your body is, what it's doing in that moment. Like, you yeah, just I mean, I, I was kind of hanging around like near where my wife was, but like talking to people because we were at uh, Lakes and Legends, which was great, and uh, just kind of hanging around like talking to people. And then all of a sudden, like you saw that whole the whole place sort of happen, and then all of a sudden, we're just like, 
what is going on? And I was just all of a sudden I was jumping up and down. And that That's was so cool. You know, that was amazing. That's cool. But, you know, for me, honestly, the best moment of the game for me was the first goal. Um, I what I liked about it first of all was Ramirez in the holdup play there is is just a great example of what he offers that someone like Dunlady doesn't necessarily offer. Obviously, the clever overhead flick there. Great recognition by Finley on the give-and-go. Get it off to Molino and then see the defense and see the opportunity to keep running. And then, honestly, really great recognition by Molino to one-touch it on to him. Uh, Molino started looking a little bit like a 10 at times that night. And, well, we know what happens then. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, Finley staying on side on that one, too, was pretty epic because he yep. was goddamn so close to being offside. Mm -hmm. He played it well. Yeah. No, so, so I, I, I love the execution there. But, obviously, the second goal was, was maybe even had more sex appeal than the first one. But, That's right. Uh, first, well, let's talk about the inevitable here. What was your was worst great. moment? Uh, well, early in the second half after uh, Justin Miram almost gave uh, Orlando City the lead, uh, Molino pulled up lame. He didn't make any contact with anybody, which was – that's like the no, the non-contact pull-up injuries, those are always the scariest. Um, I mean, I remember uh, when I was in high school – or no, college actually, when I was wrestling at St. Thomas, and um, I remember I was in a match, and I don't know if anybody watches like collegiate wrestling or whatever, but there's a lot of like locking up or whatever. Remember, I stepped back and then stepped forward and literally – I felt like my ACL just almost explode. Oh my god! And so, like, I every time I see that, whether it's you know MLS, EPL, anytime, you, you, I just you just know like that's it it's bad. Take you there. So that was yeah. And so I saw seeing it live. It's it looked I like it looked bad to me. And I know people were like, oh, maybe it's not as bad. I was like, no, no, no. That when, that guy's out for the year. When and, you fall down and, for no reason, it's it's in, for a reason. And you find out that, yeah, yeah, of course he's out for the year. So yeah, that, that too was my worst moment. I, th I think it was all the worse as I started to hint earlier for the fact that he was having a fairly good night and kind of looking a little bit more like a center attacking midfielder. Um, fairly good night. And he had had a, a good sort of like second half of the first game too. Like he played yep. fairly well. In the, so he, he looked like he was finding his like sort of his mojo or whatever. So Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at our format. We'll talk a, a little bit when we talk about looking forward to Chicago yep. on this. But I, we don't have necessarily in my mind a like for like swap with the guy. You know, I've seen, I've seen people write online opinions about um, – about Dunlady or Toy back there thinking about Molino as a second striker and stuff. I, I think Molino is better as a second striker, but I do not believe that's what he's been put out there to play. And I don't think uh, I don't think we have a player that's a straight swap for the number ten that I think Heath wants. So it's yeah. it's a huge blow and is pretty devastating. Yeah. Um, what was your most what the fuck moment? Um, well, it's kind of two. Uh, so the VAR review of what. Shouldn't have even have been a whistle, let alone a foul, let alone a pen uh, against Ethan Finlay. And the runner-up was, and say basically like one, like one B was the non-call uh, of the potential penalty against Toy and the subsequent yellow the for yellow diving. Him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, this referee, and we'll talk about the referee in like a second. I don't want to dive like, but it was it was just that was the most what the fuck moment for the game. Like those two things were basically one A one B for me. What about you? Pretty much the same, and we're really bleeding into my referee comments here. Yeah, why don't so you, you start with the, the official scorecard then? Yeah, I can start there. So, you know, my my match official rating here is a, is a straight D-. minus. So uh, with the Finley call, for me, I, I've seen every permutation of argument about the Finley call. He was inside the box. He was outside the box. It was a foul. It wasn't a foul. I've, see, I've seen all of that. Here, in my opinion, is 
pretty pretty uh, middle ground on this. I c I've seen worse than that called a foul. It's fine. I, I accept that it can be called a foul. I can accept the interpretation that it was inside of the box. The biggest problem for me is that that wasn't a foul all night. That I saw, it, like, it seemed like Stoika didn't quite know what to make out of hip-to-hip -hip contact or shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder contact. And in this case, it was a game-changing moment yeah. where he decided, yeah, I think that was bad enough. And especially when you have the opportunity for a VAR review, not only do you have the opportunity to say you got it right, you got it wrong, but I, I feel maybe I need to talk to Doug about the you know our referee contact here. But I think you have the opportunity to continue to referee within the standard that you set for the night when you have an opportunity to get it right or get it wrong a second time. So I don't think he chose to do that. It was a wild night back and forth on that. So that was kind of a what the fuck for me as well. I mean, D minus is generous. I had like an F minus, honestly. F minus. Honestly, because you, you exactly what you said though. Like he was inconsistent all night. That. That it's that uh, Finley bodying um, the Orlando player there was nothing in the midfield, nothing yep. on the other side of the pitch. Like it, but and like that, it was so it, where it was in the box. Like it definitely did contact start in the box. Yes, like was the actual like sh like shoulder shimmy shove like outside the box. Yes, it was. Like the fact that they used VAR for that and then. Uh, when Toy was brought down and uh, they did not subsequently use VAR to determine whether that was no. a penalty or not. Just and, and, was he, and he was booked for diving in his very first match. I mean, welcome to MLS, Mason Toy. Like, good luck. You know, I, like, I mean, that's – and so he was all over the place, and he didn't know what a foul was. And especially um, – I mean, it, it, it was like – as we've talked about – in the past, all that we care about really is, I mean, you can be consistently awful as long as you're consistent, right? It's, if you, it's if like you, baseball. If you're going to call those inside pitches yeah, strikes, call if you're doing it all night, well, then, okay, there you go. Nothing up to the point uh, where Finley was called for that uh, foul and a subsequent penalty was a foul all night until it was. Yes. And then it wasn't, again, at all a foul for anybody. Yeah. Um Minnesota included until it was a foul, yeah. and, I don't and then you know I so I mean I it's it was a ter it was a terrible performance. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get any MLS games for a while now that uh, USL is back in, in season. So <laughs> that's that's the most damning comment you can make yeah. about the guy. Um, we have two awards to give. First of all, your Freddie Adu award for the best player of the game. Well, I mean obviously you got to give it to Ethan Finlay, right? I think so. Yeah, two goals. Uh, that'll do it for you. Um, he needed. He absolutely needed a game like this. Uh, he was mostly crap in the preseason. It did not yes. look good. He did not look good in the uh, first game of the year. He actually was subbed off in the first game of the year. So um, Ethan Finlay absolutely needed a game like this. And we've gone through this entire game. We haven't actually even talked about Ibsen and Schuler. Ibsen goal line clearance. Mm -hmm. Ibsen specialty goal yeah. line clearance. Absolutely the Ibsen amazing. specialty is whatever's the most fucking crazy <laughs> at any given moment. But uh, he had a good game otherwise. Yeah, too. he was an absolute beast. Yeah. And then uh, Schuler, who I remember us talking about games last year, early in the season when Schuler was still playing, where Schuler yeah. would not pass forward. Like, yeah, he was very conservative. Yeah. Yeah, and he's actually he's he's been a revelation in in like creating passes mm -hmm. and, and and actually passing forward. Yeah. Uh, God bless that finish, that, that uh, loan to the finish team that he wants He wants some stuff with. Must have been a revelation for him because he's actually someone who is 
we can, can we can count on being a distributor uh, in the midfield, which is what this team needs. So I, Ibsen and Schuler are my sort of um, you know silver honorable medals. mentions, but yeah. yeah, I mean obviously Finley. So yeah, I I think that the game style didn't suit Schuler as well because it was very end to end, and he and and Schuler's going to be more of a conduit. He's not going to be the guy make, streaking down the field and getting on the end of a long ball. So like if he, if he, he didn't get as many touches as he could have, but yeah. I agree. Look at the passing charts. The dude is trying to make some things happen, and I think that's great. Whereas if you look at Ibarra, actually, Ibarra's had a couple of standout performances for the things that he does, but his passes have been, in all honesty, largely negative. Um, so I, I'm not saying pull Ibarra. I, I think Ibarra is a really important piece of it. But uh, uh, I like the proactivity. That's a really cool piece of it. Yeah. But you have to give it to Finley. The one thing I want to say about Finley that she didn't say, obviously the two goals, and they were, they were good goals. It wasn't garbage goals either, was that he had other moments when it could have happened as well. He was making runs. He was getting into position. He got the two goals, but uh, uh, in a different world it could have been more. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I would say about Ibarra is that Ibarra has been, I think, and this maybe goes more largely into uh, tactics, but I think Ibarra, I mean, I hope Heath has recognized and identified Ibarra as his spark, his spark plug. Like, like Ibarra's not, never has been uh, the best passer in the world, but the guy can run and the guy can run, run yep. up and down the field, yep. right? You know, if you he'll, he'll defend and, and get on. Yeah, offense, if you so. if you can if you can dispense him for like twenty five minutes, like you bring him in in the seventieth minute, and you just let it say you just just fucking run, get the ball, get the ball back, um, you know, make your passes as best you possibly can. Um, the other thing with Schuler is that you're right, uh, Schuler was not a a, a a factor as much in with in this game. I also think that was part of. Uh, that was part of the Orlando City setup, whereas I think this game against Chicago, I think he could actually absolutely be a factor in distributing uh, to the wings mm-hmm. and creating stuff uh, to come back in. And we'll talk about that, obviously, yeah. in the uh, in the uh, tactics segment. So let's, yeah, totally. uh, let's move on to the, uh, the other Our, our other, the other award, award. yeah. Uh, uh, wonderful award. Our, uh, our award for Freddie Adu for the worst player of the game. Who do you got? Um, you know what? Again, no, no one played particularly poorly in this game, um, but I think the person who looked the most shaky was Matt Lampson, mostly in his distribution. He had one really amazing uh, uh, pass to Sam Nicholson. And his throw? Yeah, his he throw. He threw him in on goal? Yeah, he threw him in, and then, you know, but for, uh, there, you know, they, they caught up to him, and but it was an amazing throw. It was an amazing distribution. Yeah. Otherwise, like, anything with his feet was really bad and really like really sketchy and he almost gave up a goal when he like kicked that one to Colin Warner and Colin Warner but for getting fouled and it was a kind of a sketchy foul um, Orlando may have had uh, numbers against Matt Lampson so I would, I would give it to Matt Lampson if only because like his distribution has not been great and but I would also say, like, Bobby Shuttleworth's distribution was never – has never been good either, so – he's more of a shot stopper yeah. than – Yeah. And, and Lampson, like, part of sort of his thing was, like, he's, he's like, as good of a shot stopper as Bobby, but a little better distributor. And, you know, like, he just not – he did not have a good game this week uh, in terms of 
uh, distributing. So, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a our first contra. We haven't said too much controversial tonight, other than you saying that Osama bin Laden and Jesus were the same person. But yeah. um, here's my first controversial thing of the night: Mason Toy. Okay. Actually winning this award. So this is, I, I do not want to be too hard on the kid because it was his MLS debut. He's obviously a really young kid. And he did have a couple of really bright moments, including especially that flick on to Seti Barra free for that second goal. So I don't want to be too harsh on him. But in truth, that moment and some of the other stuff, like, you know, him shushing the crowd after that goal. And, you know, he, he clearly had a lot of confidence and stuff. That stands out in our mind. But what I remember is the dude missing at least three chances that were relatively point blank. Uh, in front of the goal. I don't know if it's Gips. I don't know if it's just one of those things that happens, you know, but um, I'm hoping that he gets to a point where that confidence means he's he's finishing strong, uh, where he's, you know, a lot of his opportunity came from game states just because Orlando had to push forward and stuff, and so he was able to break free on the counter. That doesn't mean that he's messy all of a sudden. It means that that was the game state. So I hope he can settle into it, uh, put away those balls he needs to put away. Uh, but he didn't have a bad game. He's just the award winner tonight. No, it's good. I mean, he sh- he should have had two or three goals. Honestly, <laughs> he had the chances. Yeah. yeah. So you're no, that's you're not yeah. you're not wrong there. So hey, kid, get it get it together. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make. We actually need to make physical awards for this and start sending them out. Uh, I, I wonder if Jerky would actually give those oh to God. people. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just it's just a picture of Freddie Adu, a statue of Freddie Adu, but it's got the crying Jordan face on it or something. Um, if you're amazing. a sculptor, hit us up. Tdikmn. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we'll give our like one big one of the year or whatever. Oh so. God. Well, let's, let's let's transition out of Orlando City. I think the last thing you say is it was really amazing to get a win, a road win. Everybody's going to throw out the asterisks about Orlando City missing dudes and all this, and, and that stuff is true. It really is. It matters. But a win's a yeah, win. Yeah, of and course. You, you know, well, the big thing is do you win the games you're supposed to win? As a Liverpool yeah. fan, you and I know oh God, that's yeah. the big piece of it. It's not about being better. It's about winning when you should, and yeah. we did that, so good. Yeah. And we probably shouldn't have won this game, I mean, all things considered. Uh, and we did, and we did. So good on us. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some other United news. Yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, so, as the team tweeted out on Saturday, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Uh, Rasmus Schuler got his green card. Um, we talked uh, last week about sort of what the international spots would look like with all of the international players coming in. Yeah, suddenly, um, it's no problem. Suddenly, it's not a problem because Rasmus Schuler got his green card. Uh, Jose Latone was waived, so his roster spot was cleared. And all of a sudden, uh, Bertrand Owendi Echo is finally at training. Luis Fernando was there today. I'm not sure if they're going to see the, the pitch on Saturday, but those guys are here in training. So Excellent. that's exciting, right? So at least at least the work we've done and known about is starting to become realized. Yeah, we might. That's not, it's hardly saying that we've just signed uh, groundbreaking number 10, but at least pieces are moving. Exactly. Um, obviously, we, we alluded to it and talked a little bit about it. Molino uh, is out. Uh, he's out not really for an undetermined amount of time. He's out for the the rest of the year. The we'll, earliest he could possibly come back would be playoffs. That'd be a remarkable comeback for him to <laughs> Playoffs! <laughs> yeah, he's not come, yeah, so he's probably out for the rest of the year. Um uh, Ethan Finlay obviously scored two goals. You get named to team of the team of the week. Yeah, very deserved. You know, pretty mm-hmm. pretty much standard stuff. Was uh, was Molino named team of the week the prior week? He had two goals as well. He didn't. He was not named team of the week. It helps okay. when you win. 
It, it does help. It really does. But two goals uh, and, is and two and you, goals. And you'll score your goals in garbage time, basically. Oh, they were. Yeah, there was nothing magic about <laughs> so, this. I, I don't know. I couldn't remember. Uh, so the other bit of news, uh, a couple bits of news. Uh, Manny Lagos and Adrian Heath were uh, in uh, uh, Mexico uh, scouting Darwin Quintero um, per Paul Tenorio. Uh, he is an MLS writer. Um, they were down there. Uh, he assisted on a goal uh, in America, uh, Club America's uh, victory over. Uh, I can't remember. The, it's a T name. Tor, like Toro FC? I, it's something like that. Tora, yep. Tora FC. Anyway, so they're playing um, Toronto in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. And. So unless he's with us, we'll get another closer look at him. Yeah, so both Adrian Heath and Manny Lagos were down there scouting him. And people were always like, oh, is this the Molino replacement? And listen, listen, fans, um, this this thing was planned yeah. weeks in advance. Yeah, like, you can't turn around uh, on a Monday morning yeah. and like decide to go after do that So fast. this was going to be a, a uh, player that they were uh, looking at way before Molino got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and – from reports, it sounds like they were. This is the guy that they're going to bring in as a more center um, player to push Molino out to the right. So they, this is a guy that was actually going to push Molino out. Right. Um, well, no need to do that. But yeah, well, I mean, his career. So uh, uh, Quintero has been primarily a right winger in his career. He has, he's a well-established uh, scorer in uh, Liga MX. Um, he, de- but he definitely slots in more as sort of a second striker. Uh, in sort of that Molino light role that he was playing, like Molino was trying to play as number ten, but he's more of a sort of like a like a false nine. Yeah. So, I, and you have do you have any thoughts on on Quintero? I, I'm, like that? I I think this is the kind of guy that we need to be going after. Like like I've I've seen the criticism w- w- which include, you know, his he's thirty, which I, I don't know why people think thirty's fucking broken. I mean, if he were 33, 34, it's going to start to be an issue. But the guy's got a few great years ahead of him. Um, now the question of things like is that our position of highest need? Now, uh, I've seen him cast as a more of a more of a striker and less of like that center attacking midfielder. And of course, people will note strikers are our area of least need. My, in my opinion, a we need upgrades at all positions uh, if we want to compete. I think yes. this is the quality of player that we should be uh, investing in. Uh, also, I'll say just because the, in the moment you happen to be signing one player to one position doesn't mean inherently that that was the only position you're looking at, nor that it was your area of highest priority. It's the one that came through. We know that there's a few other dudes that have fallen through that didn't really pan out that would have been playing for other positions. This is one it looks like they're close on, and, and it happens to be at this position. So I, I wouldn't, I, I, I'm a little bit resistant to the criticism about having added this guy. It's an upgrade no matter where he ends up playing. So in, 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 in anywhere on the, on the right wing, in the center, even as a striker, I think it's the kind of guy we need to be adding. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, the other uh, – Gomez is the other uh, name that's in Bandit Route uh, yeah. by Jeff Reuter and all that. Uh, Peruvian um, midfielder, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know, I know less about him. But. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. So, I mean, there's – there's definitely this, uh, this team is definitely going to make some moves uh, before the May 10th uh, yep. uh, transfer deadline. So, yep. uh, one other thing I actually want to point out: uh, Bobby Warshaw uh, on ML Soccer wrote a really great post about the five potential moves that Minnesota United could make to replace Kevin Molino. Um, one of the f- actually, and I just I 
put this uh, link in our notes because I wanted a thing. There is the potential of an intra-league loan. Um, Andrew Carlton, and he brought up two, two names that were very interesting. Uh, Andrew Carlton, uh, who is not really playing for Atlanta United right now, and Jay Chapman, who are both US, like young U.S. Uh, internationals. Andrew Carlton starred in the uh, U-20 World Cup. He scored a couple goals. Looked really amazing. He got a cap with the senior team too, if yes, I remember correctly. Yes, he did, yeah. and and he's Despite not being in college, he's, and he's not playing for Atlanta, and he's not getting time. He's yeah. not getting any time because Atlanta United is stacked, right? And then Jay Chapman yeah. again, another uh, young U.S. youth international who is also an attacking uh, a forward, sort of midfielder forward type, who's also not getting any not getting any time in Toronto because again, it's Giovinco. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're not going to replace Jim yeah. So he, he brought up, and I only point this out because that was a really interesting thing. I was like, well, why wouldn't we go out, like, go out of our way, sort of like reach out and like offer some playing time to these young kids? You know, like we probably could get Andrew Carlton with some sort of loan and potential to buy deal, you know, because. I don't think he figures he came up through the Atlanta youth system. He just probably doesn't figure into their long-term plans, other than to just potentially sell him. Right. And it might be his that might be his intention as well. Like that he just wants to get sold. But if he's not getting any uh, first team minutes, he's not actually going to get sold. He's not accruing value. So I don't know. It, it was interesting. Uh, if you if you go on MLS Soccer and uh, Google Bobby Warshaw, I'm sure that uh, article will show up. So um, the final thing about our uh, Minnesota uh, other United News notes. Um, just want to point out that the um, Dark Clouds are obviously this is the home opener. Dark Clouds are doing two parties every every week. We're doing a party in Minneapolis and a party in St. Paul uh, this week. Um, the party in in the party all every time will be in uh, in Minneapolis. We'll be at the Nomad, um, and most weeks we'll be at the Dubliner. This week it's going to be at the Lake Monster. Um, with St. Paddy's Day, the Dubliner will be overrun by uh, ridiculously drunk, puking uh, Irishmen because it's St. Paul and it's the Dubliner. Um, so we're going to be at the Lake Monster Brewing starting at 10 a.m. Um, there is a specific uh, one-time-only home opener scarf that will be available at only one of those two locations. So if you want the home opener scarf, if you go to the Dark Clouds uh, Twitter feed. You can see the scarf. It's an amazing scarf. Is it? It's very, very cool. It's de- uh, designed by KJ, um, who's done, who did the Pride scarf last year. Yep. Um, done a bunch of scarves for the Dark Clouds in the past. Uh, it will be available starting at 10 a.m. at the Nomad and at Lake Monster. Uh, Small Cakes Cupcakes is going to be doing uh, free cupcakes at both Lake Monster and the Nomad. We are the best supporters yeah. culture that there is. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, both places have specials going on. Uh, I know that Nomad Pub is doing a Kill the Keg starting at 10 a.m. Where they're Jesus. just going to have a free keg of beer right. and, and until it's gone. Uh, so, yeah, so there's lots of really fun stuff. And the game kicks off. Remember, again, the game kicks off at 1, so pace Don't yourself. Don't show up at 7. Pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, but, if yeah, you're, go. If you're drunk by then, maybe you need to ask some questions. That's fair. About yourself. Uh, definitely go uh, check out uh dark Um and then there's gonna be an after party for uh, supporters at uh, Town Hall Brewery uh, with both Section 8 and the Dark Clouds and TNE um, 
and the Red Loons. Just all the supporters are going to get together after the game. You know, our motto some is Chicago fans. Yeah, our motto is drink 90, drink those guys in Chicago. I went out to Chicago last year. Those guys are super awesome. They're really cool dudes uh, and ladies. And, like, you know, if you want to go to the game, you know, drink 90, drink. So drink with them. 90 for ma- 90, 90 minutes, minutes we don't then, like them and then, and we're then go drink again. at yeah. again after the after the match so it's a good motto just want to yeah point that out for all the uh for all the fans out there so yeah see us i'm gonna be at lake monster i'm not sure where martin's gonna be martin's martin's gonna be tifoing yeah, so he's I, gonna be i gotta get to the stadium out of commission he'll be at one o'clock game martin will be at uh lake monster after the game and, and buy buy martin all the beers all the beers especially Please. if this tifo fucking rips in half <laughs> when it goes up i will i will be needing those beers I, I, I will say it was um I get How? the I get the the joy of uh we got reached out to last night overnight by a Finnish media group that wants to uh, get some footage of the TIFO and do some interviews and stuff. So while you all are fucking getting your drink on at ten AM, I'm gonna be talking to the Finnish media. Alright. So it's my own kind of fucking party. Can you can you can you can you pimp the podcast a little bit? Oh yeah. Well I'm Dave Martin from the Daves, the Daves I, know. I Know. You you understand the Daves I Know, a media conglomerate here in oh, the yeah. and you wouldn't understand the, it anyways. The, the Daves I Know, uh, yeah, the Daves I Know Empire. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got a new feature here. Yes. Uh, let's let's rip this thing out of the box. Woo-hoo. What are we gonna be doing? All right, so this feature that we are calling Better Know a Loon. I don't know, that's my loon sound. My loon call. Uh, this is going to be a feature that we may or may not do week to week. It's just going to – we'll go here and there. We'll see what happens. Um, it's basically we're going to teach you about the loons and, and the loons you may or may not know stuff about. Uh, so better know a loon. The first one we had to do was Ethan Finley. Amazing right. week. Let's find I mean, out who he this just had a, guy is. He's made uh, MLS Team of the Week. Yeah, th- just, you know, the best loon right now. So, uh, better know a loon. First fact about Ethan Finlay, and this is basically should be a, a fact-based thing, right? Until so, yeah. uh, we get one of these loons actually on the podcast, and if they get on the podcast, then we'll actually do, you know, an interview type thing. Real, but, real adult um, journalism. First fact about uh, Ethan Finlay is Ethan Finlay is an American soccer player. Who is 27 years old and was born in Duluth, but grew up in Iowa. He he looks like he was born in Duluth and grew up in Iowa. Yeah, I know. Um, Minnesota United is his second MLS club, but in his mind, he captained the Rochester Rhinos to at least two USL championships. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Finley has scored 35 MLS goals, but if you really think about it, he's actually scored 38. Good point. Yeah. Uh, he has three <laughs> national team caps, but only because Bob Bradley is a bully with mob ties, and apparently the Finleys owe some money to a guy out east. It seems like he has way more caps than three, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's only three, though. That's, pro- that's, yeah. the, that's Anyways, the propaganda. That is better than Loon. <laughs> Those are great facts. Let's, uh, let's depart from Ethan Finley, although... We might be bringing up a little Ethan Finley action here. We're yeah. going to talk tactical schmactical. Let's We're going to look go. forward to Chicago and say, you know where to drink beforehand. You know where to drink afterwards. Let's talk about what's going to happen during the 90 part of Drink 90 Drink. Poo. Who? That, I just said fucking poo. owl sound. Yeah, yeah. I think you said who. I said, no, I said poo. I was like, we didn't get fucking like, get there uh, yet. Uh, let's talk about who's good uh, on Chicago. Zeller, I'll kick it to you first. Who's uh, good on Chicago that we got to watch out for? Well, I mean, they have some, they have some good players. Um, they do. Uh, last year, Nemanja Nikolic was a revelation for the fire. Um, 
The question is how much of that was Nikolic and how much of that was David Akam in that number 10 role. Uh, Schweinsteiger is old, but still actually really good at soccer, good in MLS, especially yeah. in MLS. Um, he had a he fucking not, wizard touch last yeah, week. Yeah, he did not bring the fire to the World Cup last year. No, he couldn't. But it's a new year, and, and it's actually a World anything Cup could, year, yeah, so you never know happen, yeah. if that could happen this year because it's a World Cup year this year, actually. No, not after um, that first game they And, had. of course, Dax McCarty. And for whatever like, – Schweinsteiger and McCarty actually partnered really, really well in that midfield for Chicago last year. Yep. Um, with McCarty being sort of the defensive stalwart – and Schweinsteiger, like, finding, um, mo- you know, mostly a common Nikolic uh, to score goals. So, yep. um, last week, they, you know, thought they had won with a three-goal barrage in 12 minutes, which was Schwein- – Schweine was actually part of part of that as well. Um, and Nikolic uh, got a brace, um, but they also shit the bed in the, that uh, – in the final – minutes that we won't yeah. talk about till later well, so. you know I, let me let me throw this out there really quickly last year when we played chicago before that win you'll remember i quoted a website that covers chicago because it was so poetically dark that the quote was too good okay i've done the same thing this this week because right. i just love the writing uh, from the blog uh, hot time in old town this is a recap of chicago's game last week against sporting kansas city quote it's the 82nd minute of the first game of the year The Chicago Fire are incandescent, glowing a luxuriant red, elated, piling into a screaming mass of bodies in joy, floating nearby other supporters doing likewise. Nemanja Nikolic has just hammered home a lovely team goal to give the men in red a desperately hard one, 3-2 lead over Sporting Kansas City. It's the 86th minute. That's four minutes later, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, I know. The first game of the year. Chicago Fire have guttered their faces ashen, dumbstruck, each alone in a private misery. Piled nearby are the supporters, likewise ashen, dumbstruck, and miserable. Felipe Gutierrez has just smashed home to end the lovely team move. The second goal in three minutes for the visitors, who would go on to win the contest by the score now displayed around the shocked stadium. Chicago 3, Sporting 4. That is the story of it. Literally last week, they went down two in the first half, utter shit came back and surged in about 20 minutes to add three. They were winning, and then in a span of four minutes, they gave back two goals to visitors. The reason I'm saying all that is because it's really going to set up our who sucks a bit for yeah, one. Yeah, I say, you, this is the who's good part, right? <laughs> right, right. Then, so the, the good news about that, Bastion Pigfucker, still good. Dax McCarty, still cracking skulls as that defensive midfield. They still have Nikolic. I don't want to forget Alexander Katai. Uh, he's a new signing for them, 27-year-old. He was good. Uh, he was good. He Last had a goal week, yeah. and basically had an assist. So yeah. that was awesome. But that was before things fell to crap, as I've just kind of set up for you. Yeah. And I don't want to lose sight of McCarty and Schweinsteiger because they were part of it. Yeah, so now we're talking about who yeah, sucks. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. who sucks well, I mean, I mean, you you alluded to it. Their their defense is is not good. They they made like almost no moves. To, it was to sh- it was not good. Um, and it, it wasn't. And when we look back at sort of the whole of the like, I feel like Chicago sort of uh, bamboozled us last year, like where they were actually like about halfway through the season they were like leading. They were like they were the sports shield leaders right so i think they kind of bamboozled us with their offense because their defense was not very good and it showed up in the playoffs obviously and and showed up again the very first game of the year um 
If you concede two goals uh, to lose the game within four minutes of going ahead, all this happening after the 80th minute, you get what you deserve. Well, and I want to call out: this is against you're at home. Yeah, first of all, at home and against Sporting Kansas City, who were woeful offensively yeah. last year. And I don't know how they'll be this year, but that's not the team to be letting in fucking four. I mean, Gutierrez, Gutierrez from Kansas City is is good, and I think that that guy is, might be a game changer. Anyways, sure. um, but here's here's the the, the the fun fact that I don't think people realize is that two of the fire subs uh, were replacing defenders Matt Polster and Christian Dean after the Sporting Kansas City comeback was complete. And they brought in defenders to replace them. Uh, I, and be, I mean, beyond Polster, Pol- I mean, Matt Polster is a competent defender generally. Um, the other thing is is Richie Sanchez, uh, who is, I mean, we all remember Matt Lampson was Chicago's goal goalkeeper for most of the year last year. Right. Um, Sanchez is not a step up. Sanchez is no, he's definitely not a step up. Uh, I, I I watched that thirty minute uh, replay of the game and he gave up so many, so many rebounds and just was not also not positioned well for a lot of the game. He looked very shaky between the sticks. So, you know. Basically, the, the whole point of this uh, thing is fucking attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to get to how United should play them yeah. based on all this stuff. Their defense is a liability uh, on the night. And, of course, one game is a small sample size. And sporting is not, like, a bad team to play either. Um, I think Christian Dean on the back line was uh, particularly culpable. I don't think he had a good night. The other – we're talking about who sucks, and I kind of set it up. The midfield trio of Tony Chani, Boston Schweinsteiger, and Dax McCarty – were kind of shapeless. I think individually they're really strong. Obviously, there was a good partnership last Cha- year with I mean, Pigfucker and McCarty. But um, I think bringing in Chani, like I don't think they figured out what they want, what they, they, how they look yet. No, positionally no. they don't quite know what yeah. to do. Now they may have that figured out. That, that was their first game. You know, they they didn't play the first week. This is now their first game, so they might have it figured out. It might have been a weird first game, sort of. Who knows? But you know, I'd at least come out that first 15 minutes if I'm United and say I'm going to test and see what they're trying to do formationally in that midfield. Last week I recommended let's bomb down the wings, let's take advantage of that wide and bring it back centrally at the end. Uh, I think we did spend a lot of time in the wings last week, but with this midfield trio, the central midfield trio, so shapeless and aimless the way that they were against Sporting Kansas City, I'd say fucking double down. Let's spend a little time in the midfielder. Let's, If we're going to have wings, then let's bring our wingers in centrally and have them making diagonal runs if they need to. Let's congest the middle of that field and test them. Oh, God, we're on the same page, man. Yeah, That's, that's great. We, <laughs> do, we don't talk about this stuff. We, we don't. We literally don't. I write my notes. Uh, he writes his notes, and then uh, we eventually combine our notes. Yeah. Um, honestly, how we should play them um, – and, and actually, weirdly, I think losing Kevin Molino allows us to play this way, right? So I originally said Laloon should take a look at the tape from the Fire Kansas City match. Like, Kansas City lined up with a 4-3-3. I think that's exactly how Minnesota should line up and figure out what, where, like, who is where in that. What was the central midfielder three playing I mean do you have any sense from sporting was he a little bit more advanced was he was he more advanced okay. he, was, he was absolutely more advanced yeah so, so I you see that the, as like the Ibsen and then we don't have like a true number six yeah exactly okay I mean I think that's kind of the point um I think well we don't have a true number six anyways I mean the the, the whole point is that Colin yeah, Warner we I don't, yeah we don't I mean yeah it would be yeah it would be Colin Warner uh the, the point is is that um is that this team should press Chicago um and you know, again, I say with the Molina injury, this makes more sense. Um, 
And the way our defense played last week is actually, I'm, if they played that way again this week, I feel confident. Like, they gave up some shots, but they gave up some shots from distances that I'm okay with giving up shots. Right. Right, should, like they did, happens, nothing, but. nothing in the box, nothing like you know, like very little inside the eighteen, nothing inside the six. Like that is like that what is what should be yep. the defense's position and what they should be doing. Fewer obvious, just dumb errors too there. And uh, now yeah. there still is talent here that can pick that apart. I mean, they still have Nemanja Nikolic. Obviously, we saw Kataya had a really good game there, so Fair. I mean, they can still do some damaging things. But one of the things that kept them from being damaging, especially in the first half against Sporting, was that the game was really messy. Yeah, and it didn't allow them to get into it. Their passing was bad. They they were part of the problem that it was messy. But the other part of it is that Sporting, we know this about Sporting, constantly playing a high press, not giving anybody time to do anything. If we can put guys out there that can play that press all across the field, we're gonna make it messy again. That's and that that's exactly the point. Like why we should be building that four three three, at least this week. Um, and with that high press, like we're creating turnovers. Like on the other side of the field and not like letting them team not come to us to pick it um, off and sporting like they locked down on defense in that first half like Chicago had one shot in the first half one shot period not even on goal one shot in the first half this is what the uh, the loons can do is they can press and I think they should be doing that and I think if you do the 4-3-3 you absolutely have the the compared to the the you know the what Chicago is gonna is gonna run at us. Um, and it helps actually if we are attacking, we create some chances because, you know, uh, we have the we have the wingers to run at uh, Chicago defenders. And the Chicago defenders, I saw like the terror in the eyes when <laughs> when Sporting Kansas City wingers were running at Chicago defenders. And you get Sam Nicholson. Running at a, a Chicago defender, it's, he's gonna, and he just, they just create so much space for shots. And my whole point for Minnesota United is that we just need to take as many shots as possible, right? I don't even care if it's Samuel Nicholson taking something from 20, 20 yards out, right? Take a shot because test the keeper, test him because yeah. yes, it's he number one. Uh, there were so many times where he's just caught out of position. Or gave up a ridiculous rebound, and Minnesota Minnesota is good at getting guys in and finding a rebound and finding a, a spot where they can just slot it in, you know. And because of the four goals, uh, two were off of rebounds against in the Kansas City match, and then one was like the, Richie Sanchez just stood flat-footed, you know. Yep. And so it's basically because the ball was like kind of bouncing around, and someone. So I mean that's that's my thing. It's like you need to we need to be attacking, uh, attacking this team, their defense, uh, full force, and I'm I'm saying, sh- pass it out to the wing, cut it back in, either cutting it back in by passing or running at the defenders, running at the center backs. The center backs are probably are definitely the weakest link in in Chicago's defense. So. Make those runs. So if you're talking about playing on the front foot here, you might be predicting a high-scoring game. What's your call mm-hmm. for the, the scoreline here? 4-3 to Minnesota. <laughs> I've got t- I've got a 2-2 to draw. Um, I still think Chicago's a good team. I think they're a better team than they showed last week against Sporting. And I still That's think fair. even though we looked favorable against Orlando, I still don't think we are necessarily a good team. But it's home. 
There's going to be some energy. I think that we had a couple of answers that hopefully we capitalize again uh, this week. So I think we can at least uh, we can hold serve with uh, Chicago. So that's two fair. to two draw for me. Yeah, I mean we t- we talked about like how this is we're going to win games. We're not going to win many games one nothing, and this is not a game we're going to win one nothing. If we're going to win this no. game, it's going to be a three two four three sort of thing. So. So, I mean, I could see either one of those things, but I have faith in our, our boys. You're always more optimistic than me. Well, so let's move on to picks or it didn't happen. You heard you heard us break down what Chicago is going to look like, all correct opinions. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about the other correct things that we did, and let's recap uh, our picks from last week really quickly, round table, what we got right, what we got wrong, and let's make picks for the next week. Yeah, so, fair enough. You uh, want to call them out or you want me to call them out? I can do it. Uh, Columbus beat Montreal 3-2. to two. I had that one correct. Uh, New England beat uh, Colorado the Rapids two to one. Uh, none of us picked that. Neither of us picked that one correctly. New England sucks. Uh, LAFC beat Real Salt Lake on the road five to one. Of course, none of us got that right. <laughs> uh, Sporting Kansas City beat Chicago four to three on the road. That was a complete miss We're by both not of good us. At picking games. Uh, Vancouver beat Houston on the road. Neither of us picked well, that one correctly. Houston was at home to clarify. Yeah, that doesn't and, happen a whole lot. No, exactly. That, which is why we get Kyle both got that wrong. One hundredth goal. Um, as well. The Red Bulls beat Portland four to nothing. Beat the shit out of Portland four to nothing. I picked that one correctly, so that's going for me. Not by that fucking score. Uh, two to didn't. one for Minnesota in Orlando. I picked that one correctly. Martin did not. Uh, Atlanta <laughs> uh, United beat DC United for the first time ever in their history. Congratulations! That's true. Yeah, lost to him three times. Atlanta last United. Uh, you beat DC finally beat boogie, yeah. one time. We both picked that one correctly. Uh, NYCFC beat the LA Galaxy at home two to one. We both picked that one correctly. Uh, Red Bulls uh, beat Tijuana uh, three to one, so a five-one aggregate at home. Uh, I picked that one correctly. Tigres beat Toronto three to two, but Toronto FC won. Uh, on aggregate, four to four with uh, away goals being the factor there. We both picked that one correctly. Our pick was for the individual game, though, so we did we did pick the individual game yes, correctly. Yes, we did. And then uh, Chivas and Seattle are playing right now. So yeah, as, a, um, as an update on that, real quickly, as we record this, it's zero zero Seattle and Chivas. Seattle has the goal right now uh, from the their home fixture, so yes. they would go through on aggregate right now if this yes. score holds. So. Uh, we both have uh, Chivas. I don't even Still know exactly what that looks like. Still could happen. Eh, it doesn't matter. Um, so let's uh, let's do uh, week three picks. Yeah, as a re- what I go three and seven last week. You went three and seven. I uh, went six and four. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Um, for me. So yeah. uh, let me call out the games. You tell me what you've got. All right. We'll start with right. uh, DC United uh, hosting Houston Dynamos. I got a two-two draw. Okay, I got a 1-3 uh, Houston winning on the road. On the road, no, really? Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, here's my thing. I think D.C. United is going to be in a weird position. They're going to be playing at a tiny stadium of about, like, they're going to have, like, 3,000 people there, a uh, temporary oh, venue. Oh, that's before. right. This is one of their, their th- yeah, two their little of, temporary of home games. Yeah. road games. And they're not even going to sell out the 5,000-seater uh, venue, it oh, sounds like. Okay. So I, I think it's just going to be weird, and I, I see Houston capitalizing. Hold on, I'm changing. I'm changing my. You're pick. changing picks. All right. Yeah, Houston two. Houston beats them two to one. Oh wow! All right. Sorry, I, I forgot about the the weird road thing. Yeah. 
yeah. not included with the season ticket package. A whole other podcast to, to go about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota United hosting the Chicago Fires. I Obviously, said 2-2 two two draw. Yeah, 4-3. Minnesota United win. God damn. I ho- I, uh, that would be a fun game to watch if it yeah. happened like that. Uh, Philadelphia Union is going to host the Columbus Crews. The, Ast- uh, what the, the Austin Crew. What do you got? Too early, man. Too early? Yeah. Too early or too late or too, too soon? Or? Too early. Okay. What do we, what do we got? Uh, Union I got three, hosting the crew. 3-1 crew win. I got the crew, uh, Columbus winning 2-1. to one. Um, Montreal Impact is going to host Toronto. Uh, draw 1-1. One, one. Draw 1-1. One, one. I, I actually have Montreal getting one. Toronto's good, but they're going to have tired legs after that marathon last night. Uh, Montreal's at home. I, I think they're going to get it done. New York City FC hosting the wounded Orlando City SC. Uh, they get question back this week, uh, but I don't think that's enough. I think uh, NYCFC is is sleep like sneakily probably the uh, supporter shield winners this year. Uh, three There's no two. sneaking about it. They look real good. No, I mean I'm saying they're yeah three to two uh, NYCFC. I've got three to game. nothing. Oh wow, three to nothing uh, NYC. Um, Atlanta United hosting Vancouver Whitecaps, who had a big upset on the road last week. Yeah, I don't think that happens again. <laughs> three to three to one to uh, Atlanta United. All right, in front of the inventors of soccer, uh, seven hundred thousand fans in Atlanta. I see a four seventy. Yeah, seven. You said seven hundred thousand. That was what it was, right? Seven hundred thousand. Yeah, seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred twenty thousand fans. That's a big, big, yeah. big attendance number. There, Megatron's butthole is gigantic. Pucker up. Atlanta United wins four to two against the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, Sporting Kansas City at uh, Livestrong, or yeah, it's not Livestrong, uh, is going to host San Jose yeah, Earthquakes. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it <laughs> it's is not, at it Livestrong, which is now called Children's Mercy Park. Yeah, it hasn't been Livestrong for um, years. I have I have Kansas City winning two to one. I'm a little dubious about this one because I don't know if Peter Vermees has got this team figured out yet. So I could definitely see the Earthquakes winning, but I I think this is they hopefully right the ship and they win two to one. What I saw from Sporting Kansas City in the first two games honestly kind of scared me. Yeah. Um, San Jose, That's I think that project is further along than I thought it was. I'm gonna go ahead and give the Quakes a uh, a, a three to two win on the road. That's fair. I I mean I that again it surprises the shit out of me how weird they're playing. So. Yeah. I don't know. Rail Salt Lake is gonna host the New York Red Bulls. Suddenly, goddamn spicy hot. Two two. Two two. I got. Yeah, I got to draw. I said they're all fucking good. It's. Uh, I got Real Salt Lake winning one to nothing at home. I think New York has got to be exhausted heading into this match. That seems fair. Uh, FC Dallas hosting the Seattle Sounders probably will also be exhausted. Yep. I got a three one Sounders win. I, I have a one one draw actually. Yeah. Uh, that would be unique for FC Dallas to pull something out of their butt. Yep. Uh, buys this week include the Revs, LAFC, Colorado, Portland, uh, and LA. A few teams in there who could probably use a buy. So let's uh, let's close it out the way we always do. Let's answer some questions from some of our passionate borderline stalker level fans. All right. Yes, that's that is true. Um, at Atrox, uh, Andrew Hilger asks us if uh, MNUFC were a boat, what would you name her? Nessie. Seems I mean, like that's, a good boat name, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's like that. If it, it goes on a lake, that is the answer. It, it's yeah. Nessie. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks that was for the a, question. That was a that was a super. That was a slam dunk. He thought he fucking had us. Nope. Try again, uh, Andrew. At Miller Tallboy, uh, Max from Milwaukee asks, uh, "How many rum hams would it take Texas Zeller to rock the full ref kit on Saturday?" Uh, he uh, actually posted this with a picture of a full ref kit. 
I responded on Twitter saying the number would kill me. <laughs> Dude, I'm like the opposite. Like, you buy me one beer, I'll wear a fucking ball gag all the game. I don't care. Like, I just I enjoy people buying me a thing. So, oh guys, uh, that's a uh, that is now a. Uh, Thing. That's a problem. Can we? I, I, I'm surprised that the team hasn't come up with uh, Minnesota United branded ball gags. Like, tell me you wouldn't buy one of them fucking things. I would. I would buy it immediately. I, I would pre-order. Well, but no, no, no. But like a Minnesota. Uh, uh, where's the Where's the branding on the ball gag? I'm trying to think about this. Okay, black strap. Yep. Red buttons on the side. Okay. Blue blue ball on the mouth. Okay, where, but where's that the actual team branding? Like, where's the where's the like the logo? I have to fucking invent it now. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, that's not what I get you paid cre- for. You came up with this thing. No, that's the idea. No, okay, so uh, a United branded chastity belt, and then okay. just team colors uh, ball gag. Okay, so where's That'd the be good? United <laughs> branded chastity? So chastity belt is that. Uh, what kind of metal is that? And like, is that is that etched into the chastity belt, or is it? What kind of metal is it fucking made out of? Yeah. You know the usual kind of metal. I don't fucking know. Well, what kind? Well, anyways, we can move. Solid we, gold. I have no idea. Oh, okay. I have no idea what they're made <laughs> out of, man. All right, moving moving along. Um, at Minnesota Irons asked. Uh, that's Frosty Hammer. He's the saddest West Ham <laughs> fan <laughs> that I've ever known, and I'm I'm really sorry, uh, Minnesota Irons. Um, you yeah, you, your team sucks balls. Uh, lots to talk about the team needing to add more players. Do you, Dave's, have any faith in gaining any more quality players before the transfer window closes in May? Other oh, Dave, do you have t- uh, faith in Minnesota United getting more players before? The transfer window closes on May 10th. So, so first of all, yes, I do. Um, Me too. In part because we already know um, Quintero's moving along. Um, the other thing <laughs> that I'll say is that while there have been things, so I, I try to be really fair. I, I, I think I try to give the team what it deserves, where it deserves it, and I try to give them credit where I think it's deserved. Uh, for all the frustration that the off seasons, both of them now have had for us in terms of signings, last year they made some key signings during the season that were fairly savvy uh, when they picked up uh, uh, def- uh, Sam Cronin and then they picked up March. That was a trade. That, that was a trade, yes. Yep. It, it, did, we, it, did the question specify how we needed to add them? Nope. Just so, saying. So, right. so, so that, that was a savvy trade. When we got Ethan Finley, that was a savvy signing. I think that we made some good moves when we needed to. Uh, I think they can do it again. I wish that we didn't have to be on our heels all the time, but I, I think they'll have some irons in the fire that'll come to fruition. No, I, I 100% agree. I think um, I definitely think there will be an, like an international signing. Uh, is it going to be a DP? No. Um, might it might it involve Tam? Possibly. Um, honestly, uh, especially with everything that's going on right now, I wouldn't rule out Lee Win. I've totally fucking ruled out Lee Win. I, w- I wouldn't rule out Lee Win. I'm just I'm, the, I'm not going to I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it because I just New England is a shit show and I know they're probably trying to sell him as high as possible, but literally they have they have no leverage anymore. And again, they probably see Minnesota as having no leverage, but I trust actually Manny and Amos to fleece the shit out of Bob Kraft old ass Bob Kraft and 
stupid young ass Be- Brad Friedel, who is like, what I think, three years older than I am. Um, so first year manager here. Yeah. So, and Lee Wynn's not playing for New England. So, it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ruling out Lee Wynn in terms of uh, an acquisition. In if you if you're thinking about filling a, a ten hole, like that's a it's a ten hole to fill. So, um, Lee Wynn yes. can fill a hole. Anyways, we you, we're bringing in players. We're going to be yeah. bringing in multiple players between now and then, whether it's uh, signings or trades mm-hmm. um, with other teams. And if it's trades, like Man- Manny and Amos have done a really good job pull at, off a few at good ones. making some trades. Yep. Uh, so they, far, so they better fucking repeat that performance. Yeah. Uh, all right, at Milwaukee Loons asks, which southeastern Wisconsin-based MNUFC supporters group are you most excited to meet up with Saturday? The Section Eight. I was gonna say, <laughs> that's a that's very, a geography joke. That's a very good answer. <laughs> I was gonna say Mad Loons. Um, at Mad Loons, uh, I'm not sure oh, if they're Madison, coming. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Do if we want to call that southeast? Up. For that, Madison's uh, getting southeastern. Mad loons are, are great, um, but no, Milwaukee loons. We are very most excited to see you guys. You guys are amazing. Uh, keep doing your shit. Keep getting trying to get rum hams. Get get some hams and then some rum into your uh, your repertoire. I, Not that schlaps shit that you uh, you. That sounds to like do. a made up name just to make fun of a bad beer. I know, right? It does. I so I, I I really hope I get the chance to meet a bunch of people. This week. I, obviously, before the game, I'm gonna be all TFO. I'm gonna be super busy for the five hours leading up to that. Oh, I know yeah. I'm gonna be busy a little bit afterwards, getting the TFO taken down, packed away, and orchestrating some of that. Um, but I hope people hang around a little bit for me. Yeah, we'll be at uh, we'll be at the town hall, All right. and we'll be in the section too. I, yes, I'll see people during the game, which will be yeah. nice. But that's please, you know, please you're focused on the game. Then it's not conversation. Yeah, come say hey in the section if you want to go buy us a surly up top and then bring it down. <laughs> that's totally no, cool yeah. too. I right, we generally hang out by the drums, uh, you know, near we'll the loud, yeah. the main tifo section. We so, like to smash. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I also like not hearing shit yeah. at all during the game. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be at Town Hall after the after the game. Uh, final final question, last question of the night, and then we'll wrap this shit up. Uh, Born with a tail, Luke, who uh, owes us probably two or three uh, articles for the website. Just Son saying, Luke. Uh, Chicago completely fucked themselves by trading a com, didn't they? It. So one game say, is a, one game is a small sample size, yes. but we were saying that before the season started. A com his big shoes to fill was more of a catalyst to their attack than I think he got credit for. And they're feeling that now. So um, again, one game, small sample size, but uh, some things are going to have to happen differently. I don't know. I, I'd yeah. love to see a signing, but, but like I said, uh, you know, uh, Katai had a good game. He could become something really special for him. So we'll, we'll see, but a calm is missed. I would say, I mean, short answer. Yes. A long answer. Um, Yes, because they did absolutely nothing in the offseason. Like, the Chicago team, we talked about how how little Minnesota United did in the offseason. The, the Chicago team did actually less in the offseason. Uh, not too active, and, and yeah. And we didn't lose a player of David Akam's ability. We yeah, lost we, we lost Johan Venegas. He was like our key loss. Like, yeah. We didn't even do, yeah. We didn't even lose as much as they did. So, no. and you know, so we did less. But yes, the fire did even less than us. 
Yeah. So. Well, anyways. Thanks, I, Luke. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Uh, hey, can, can you contribute an article, please? Yeah, do your soon? job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is that is it, right? That's, yeah, I think, I think we did everything. Um, you guys can always find us at uh, thedavesiknow.com. You can email us questions at thedavesiknowmn at gmail.com. Uh, we are always answering Twitter questions at, a, at TDIKMN. Uh, you can find me at Texas Zeller. You can find Martin at Offensive underscore Loons. He had a really amazing uh, piece in the Dark Clouds newsletter. If you don't subscribe to the uh, Dark Clouds newsletter, you should probably go to dark-clouds.com and fucking do that. That's where you get a lot of news about shit. Yep. Uh, anything else to uh, promote? You, uh, you're uh, kind of the cock of the walk right now. So yeah, I'm. I'm I'm big shit. I'm gonna have a video about me on uh, on the. Oh yeah, the M- fucking MNUFC. finish thing. No, not just that. The MNUFC is doing a oh doing a little doc on oh, what we've been doing with TFO, you, man. Yeah. So I had a film crew at my house like five days, you know, a couple uh, of weeks ago, and uh, got the finish TV. Got the the thing in the newsletter, you know, <laughs> the big profile. So. Yeah, I'm big fucking shit right now. But the the downside of that is that I miss all of you guys so much, and I hope that I have time to hey. see every single one of you on Saturday. Yes, come come hang out with us. We'll be we'll be near the drums. We'll be near the drums. Uh, Martin has his wife, who is probably gonna be sitting there. And, nah, she's and, not gonna be there. Oh, she's not coming to the game at all. Why would she? She hates soccer. Okay. Yeah. Well, my me come. and my wife, and and then Martin, I guess, will be at near the drums, at the center of the section. Come say hey. Uh, buy me a beer if you want or don't, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, but yeah, come see us there. Come see us at Town Hall Brewery after the game. Um, we're really excited to fucking have a home game. Do it God damn real, it, yeah. it's been so goddamn long since we had a home game. It's been so fucking long. I'm just so excited. All right, let's 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 fucking do this. Let's let's get a win. Let's man. do it, man. Let's get a win. All the feelings are going to be felt no matter what happens on Saturday. Hey, thank you guys for listening. We are the Daves you know. That with, what? We, do you remember how I sign off? This. We are the Daves you know. This is the Daves, the Daves I, I know. know. See you Saturday. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, 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 son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.